0: I'm Mike Urbans and welcome to It's Your Water. I'm glad you found us. Today's podcast is very special for me because I have here with me Dave Rochelle of Aqua Treatment Service in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. He was actually my mentor and teacher uh, who fostered all my stupid, dumb questions when I was getting started in the industry in 1986. Can you imagine that? Yeah, 1986. I don't know if they had cars back then i think yeah but they, they do dave is uh big cheese here at uh A- ats and uh, he's retiring in june 2022 hi dave hi how are you Oh good dave i've called you uncle dave forever and uh because i never had an uncle dave so that's the reason why <laughs> <laughs> and there are many quiet giants in this industry and dave is one um uh dave like me had the patience and has the patience to field all the questions when I absolutely had no clue and what I was doing back then. And he's basically instilled that in me to forward that customer service ethic. So for everybody listening out here, I'm going off script a little bit. Dave epitomizes for me, this industry's customer service person, someone who calls you back and really cares, and has a passion, and will find the answer, and if you don't know the answer. So that's why I'm here to do it, is so everybody knows where I got my start, and uh, how you can be a Dave. So let's start with from the beginning. You were auto mechanic or sales? Well, I I was a little of each. I started at a uh, Chevrolet
1: dealership uh, on a new car get ready, and moved from there up to the grease rack, and from there into the parts department, and from there into sales. And I was in sales for quite a few years. Then I got transferred, and we had a bus division. A and, uh,
0: bus division?
1: A school bus. Oh, Chevrolet. Right. Yes, well, of course, Chev- Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. And the uh, school buses were, uh, that was a straw that broke my camel's back. <laughs> uh, I couldn't, uh, I just couldn't take it any longer. So I, I actually quit. And my uh, ex brother in law was working at Aqua Treatment Service, okay. and uh, I said, uh, "Do you have any openings over there?" Of course, at that time, he was the only full time employee other than John Filson. So he said, "Well, I'll talk to uh, talk to the owner and see what he has to say." And uh, he did, and he said, "Well, come on over for uh, for an interview." So I came over, and we got together and. Uh, went down to one of the principal owners of the company and interviewed with him. And they seemed to like me. And uh, the next thing you know, I'm working here. And uh, I was actually the third full-time employee, I think, at the peak we probably got up around 50 employees
0: uh it's yeah you guys are quite the dynasty now
1: yeah well yeah it's certainly grown we were working out of a garage actually when i started and now i'm not quite sure how many square feet we have but it's it's a sizable building and uh sizable uh clientele list
0: well and real quick too, not to interrupt, but a uh, little, little sales pitch here, you guys manufacture your own ultraviolet lights and stainless steel tanks and, and assemble water treatment equipment. That is correct. We uh, started, of course, we were selling other brand
1: UVs initially and uh, we were having trouble getting them. Uh, just couldn't keep up with us. And uh, so we decided uh, maybe we can make these ourselves and, uh, so we looked into purchasing some equipment and bought that and uh suppliers of the components, the ballast, the bulbs, and what have you, and of course stainless. And uh, one thing led to another, and we uh we went from forty or fifty UVs a month up to I think one time we hit about a thousand. That was probably our one of our best months for UVs. And then because we were in stainless steel, we thought, well, what the heck? Maybe we could uh, make a mineral tank because one of the competitors out in the Pittsburgh area, they were doing well. So we decided to get some uh, stainless and roll it. And we already had some welders. So one thing led to another, and uh, now we make stainless tanks, and we sell quite a few hundred tanks a month.
0: It's kind of cool. I mean... So you just came in cold. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like a lot of people in this industry, like me, and that's why, you know, Dave. I guess what was what year was that when did you start? That was that?
1: around nineteen seventy-one or two. Okay, somewhere around there. I'd have to do the math. I've been here forty-four years, so whatever that is back yeah. from then,
0: but still. So you started. Then I started in 1986, fresh out of college. And uh, my brother in law, Bob Hader, was a mentor, but he was mostly industrial. So we started buying equipment from Aqua Treatment Service. And Dave was my enabler, where uh, he helped me guide me through all the, uh, the ins and outs of water treatment that I had no idea what I was doing back then. So you just learned to trade. I mean, like, who mentored you? I mean, John Filson is the one who mentored me. We, uh, like I say,
1: we had a very small shop. I think we added one adjustable wrench, a pair of water pump pliers and a claw hammer and a butane, uh, soldering tank. (laughs) And, uh, I knew how to solder pipe and what have you but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't I couldn't understand how you could put salt in something and then turn around <laughs> and drink it. Yeah. So fortunately we had a bunch of trade journals, you know, water magazines and I'd uh, sit at lunchtime and I'd read them and that pretty much gave me a handle on what was going on and then of course, working with our customers, who were uh, a lot of them were somewhat seasoned, I'd ask them questions. That's the only way I'm going to learn this. So yep. I asked them a lot of questions, and, hope, and fortunately, they gave me all the right answers. And uh, then as things went on, I got more into it and uh, did more studying, joined the Water Quality Association,
0: and learned a lot from their books. And became that, that was about it. As far as you can go. Now, you mentioned your customers and people. I'm like, like Dave, they say, How do you know all this stuff? Like, how did you remember all this? Well, why did you? I said, because our customers have some of the craziest freaking situations that they ever get themselves into. And we have, we want to ferret it out because we want to answer their question. And we were humble enough to say, Eh, I don't know, but I'll find out. And then next thing you know, you know how to treat something weird like cobalt in the water i mean it's like (laughs)
1: yeah you're right you just have to and every day especially early on every day there was something brand new and i'm thinking good Mm -hmm. grief how am i going to find out how to treat all this
0: but you Mm -hmm. go on and, and you learn and uh yeah you just keep chugging i mean a couple questions here i'm sure dave why i like him so much is he's a character just like me we could exchange the dirty jokes that you can't say anymore. It was back in the day when we were, well, it was almost like, you know, the bar room. I'd have one for him, he'd have one for me. And then we'd go off and talk shop. So, from all these years, what was probably one of the most funny? G- give me a couple anecdotes of crazy stories that you may really come to your mind. Well, one we were, I was
1: with Matthew the man who's replacing me, in a hospital down in Maryland. And they were having issues with their softener. They thought they were having issues. Mm -hmm. As it turned out, they were misinterpreting the analysis. And they hauled us in there, Matthew, myself, and another guy that worked here. And we were in a whole room full of, uh, I guess there was one or two attorneys in there and a bunch of engineers. (laughs) And I, fortunately, I had talked to the one supervisor down there and I pretty much knew what was going on. So uh, I'm up with the the blackboard in this big room and they're going on and on about the hardness bleed through. And I, of course, I had a copy of the original bid and it said they don't want water to be any less than three grains hard. Any less? And no more or <laughs> they, any less they yeah, any right, right. three grades hard so i thought well we're good there we're right around one grain you know just turn light blue and they were jumping around well no we're we had another competitor's piece of equipment in here and they were zero and i said well let's see so as it turned out they were confusing grains and parts per million Brilliant. so the guy said well i i want you know, three grains are actually less. I said, well, if you look at your specs, you wanted at least three grains of hardness in there. And even if it's parts per million, you're confusing everything. And they couldn't get over that. And fortunately, there was a state chemist in the room. He said, well, what's the difference between grains and parts per million? I got up to the blackboard and did the seventeen point one times one, and what have you. And they they all looked at each other and they said. You know, that's right. That's exactly right. I said, well, okay, we're finished here. And out the door we went. There
0: you go. I mean, it's just...
1: And they still have the equipment down there as yeah, far as I know. Yeah, they still
0: do all those times. But um, anything that some crazy... I mean, I've had things where things were in the brine tanks on and on and on. Is there any other... Well, yeah, sometimes
1: you'll you'll get to a situation where... Brian tank's overflowing. Brian tank's overflowing. And you go through all the scenarios. What's your pressure? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Check your injector and everything. So you finally end up going to the job site, and they've hooked the backwash line up to the overflow in the brine tank. Oh, yeah. And that's that's a, well, we're finished here deal also. So. <laughs> uh. A few things, and there are other things. Unfortunately, some of the end users or customers
0: didn't find it quite as humorous Mm -mm. as we did, but Mm -mm. uh, we went on. Yep, we did, and uh, keep on going, keep on trucking. Out of most of what you treat, what was probably the most challenging that you've come across?
1: Some of the most challenging was when we sold automatic deionizers. Oh. That uh, <laughs> that's a whole new ball of wax. Oh, uh, yeah. we dealt with a company called Autotrol and they had they had like three different versions of their uh, yep. automatic and uh cuz P-
0: your PVC valve. So Yes, yeah.
1: yes, and you try and try and equate all this to these people, and they think, really, they just have a big water softener. And God forbid they get a water analysis. But anyhow, <laughs> I've had units set in uh, in buildings at uh, one place was a chicken place down in uh, Virginia. And they said, this thing is just not regenerated, blah, blah, blah. So I go down, and I, I went over all the things about the, well, it's not using any caustic. Oh, okay, well, did you check this and that, and water pressure, injectors? So I drive down there. Here they have, it's in January, and they have this in a shed outside the main the main building and a piece of plywood for the door. And when I got there, they'd taken the plywood off and it was sitting next door. And I said, well, where's your uh, caustic tanks? Well, they're right in here. Well, and of course, it is like below 10 degrees out down there. And of course, caustic Freezes whatever, fifty 50, yeah. fifty degrees. So I said, you this is a lot this isn't right down the street from where I live, but anyhow, so we uh we got that all squared away. That that was one of the most interesting ones. Had a thing up in New England where they make the Patriot missiles, and we sold them a dual, an alternating deionizer. And of course, that, that wasn't so bad. But when I get there, obviously, you don't just drive in the parking lot. So I went up to this guard tower and I get out and they want to see my driver's license and everything. And they said, oh, you're from Pennsylvania. Are you a deer hunter? And I said, no, I'm not a deer hunter. I said, why? <laughs> oh, we thought everybody in Pennsylvania were deer hunters. And I said, no, I'm I'm afraid I'm not.
0: I'm, I'm a deer hunter. I'm from Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that, all my relatives are deer hunters. <laughs> Another one was, uh, I was getting off a cruise ship, you know, get over in the building to get my luggage and the guard there was going over everything. And he says, you're from Pennsylvania. I said, yes, sir. He said, are you an Eagles fan or a Steelers fan? I thought, oh boy. (laughs) I said, well, I'm a Steelers fan. He said,
0: that's good. Go ahead. You're, you're clear. And out the door, we went. The 50, 50 shot there. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Well, as they as we say in Pennsylvania, there's Pittsburgh on the left, Philly on the right, and Pennsylvania in the middle.
1: Pennsylvania in the middle, right.
0: Yeah. And uh we're kinda in Pennsylvania though, aren't we? Here yeah. at Aqua Treatment. Yeah, we're I enjoy that too, even though I live close to Philadelphia. I know I have some of these, but what would be the most annoying thing, you can't say who the customers are but right, but when they call in, how for every customer service person out there listening, like myself and everybody, what would you want the dream call to go like, you know, what is one thing that people say do recurringly that, uh, that tends to bug you?
1: Well, one thing is they call, let's say they're working on a water softener. First thing you ask them is, well, what model is it? We handle three different valves. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's on top of the tank. Well, yeah, we know that. But we have to know what valve you're working on because they're all a little bit different, obviously. The end result's the same, but they all work differently. And, of course, one valve company's supposedly better than the other and the other and the other. But that annoys me. It's like, why don't you do a little research before you make
0: the phone call? And take a picture with your phone.
1: Yeah, take a picture and, and send it over to me. Oh well, my, I don't know how to do that. Oh, well, go get somebody <laughs> there; no he'll, be, he'll be able to do it for you. Yeah. So, uh that and uh they just won't listen. You'll ask them, "What's the pH of the water?" "Oh, it's good." Well, no, that's that's not what I mean. Or how much iron is it? "Oh, it's it's not that bad. It's it, bad it's, or it's, it's okay." Not bad. Well, you know, we're dealing with numbers here. Let's dial it in a little closer. Hardness. Oh, it's 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 hard, but it's not that hard. Well, we're trying to get
0: your softener to work. Here, so let's let give uh, us a water analysis. That's yeah. What get I, a water. Preach.
1: Right. Go to go to a, a a dealer. Of course, you don't want to say that to a dealer, but yeah. you know it drives a point. home. yeah. Uh, go to a go to
0: another dealer and have them test your water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and that's the one thing that's important. So we went through all these. One thing that Dave's a car enthusiast like me, Uh, it's a hobby, and you like the woodwork. What was your favorite car you owned, and what do you own now as far as a toy? Uh, Probably my
1: favorite car I owned was a 57 Chevy Bel Air convertible. That was probably one of the neatest and probably one of the ones I wish I had had back. back. (laughs) But anyhow... I traded that in on a '63 Impala Super Sport, in my. And of course, this is back in the day. I know my trade-in was uh, $220 for the '57 Bel Air, but that's that's history. It's wow. gone. My current car is a '59 Austin Healey 3000. I've had several. This is actually my fifth one, and it's probably my favorite uh, Austin Healey of all of them.
0: Yeah, is a, it's a fussy. Fussy English car, all the stuff that you know they say—the electrical and the, and the carburetors—and the- yeah,
1: you know the electrics are something else. My mine's fine, but they claim Lucas is a company that makes the electrics, and they call it the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> and another one is the people like me with the British cars with the Lucas electric. We invented the intermittent wipers long before they were available, because hmm. every time you hit a bump, the wipers would go off. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you know, it it is what it is. I mean, a 59 is not exactly a a late no, model car, but, but uh we're. but I enjoy it. I get it out on on nice days. Yeah. I've even driven it with a with a zip-up jacket on just just to get it out, mm-hmm. get out of the
0: house as it were. Got ex- exercise the old yep. cars. Yep. So we're winding down here, who, who's going to replace a legend like you? I mean, who do you have here? <laughs> well, the gentleman that's replacing me is Matthew,
1: Matthew Polichok. He I've known him for quite a few years. He used to work for one of the major water treatment companies and got around. And he's, he's I don't know how old he is. He's 59 or something like that. He's a bit younger than me. He's enthusiastic. He's a... He's a bundle
0: of fire, so I'm I'm sure he'll do do a fine job. Good, good. So any predictions for the future of this industry?
1: We'll never outgrow the need for water, that's for sure. And uh clean, uh healthy waters. Clean, healthy waters uh, at a definite plus. So I think it'll it'll never stop growing because water's getting dirtier and dirtier if you will Mm -hmm. so there'll always be a need for somebody in the water treatment business yeah
0: i don't think it's we're ever going to be the buggy whip and i preach this it's never going to have some new invention that's going to wipe us all out of the industry i mean not at all it's it's a great future for anybody listening to this podcast i wanted to have a reflection from a guy who's been in this industry 40 years plus and um you know, to what a great career it has been for you. I mean, financially, I don't know any poor water treatment people, uh, and nope. they rarely go out of business unless they're just bad business people. Any tips you want to tell, like some, of the people listening, that are just getting into it or, or are considering a career in water treatment. I mean, what can they do to make themselves the supreme water treatment person in their area? What I would do is
1: if you're gonna be in a particular area,
0: geographic area,
1: learn the water and learn the correct way to treat this water because you don't wanna you don't wanna mistreat it, if you will, because that'll that'll stick with you. You'll you'll get a bad reputation. There are a lot of young entrepreneur type guys that are just getting into it for a fast buck. You're not gonna do it. You gotta learn how you gotta learn the chemistry of the water, you gotta learn how to treat the water and of course,
0: it helps if you know how to sell the equipment. Yeah, of course, you do have to be a jack of all trades. In the beginning, you have to be a good installer. You have to have a little bit of a chemistry brain and a little bit of a mechanical brain. Yep, that's but right. You have people like like Dave and I to be your enabler. We are. I have my website. It's called Micopedia. I mean, people use me as a reference, uh, and that's I learned all this from Dave. I mean, I used I used and abused Dave in the beginning quite a bit. And uh he got me through some of the So teaming up with someone like, you know, an aqua treatment or us or, you know, a local OEM that can that knows what the hell they're doing, you know, and has the resources. So I think you'd agree. But that's a good tip, know your backyard. Yep,
1: got to know what you're
0: talking about. Yep. And but some
1: people are very aware and they'll look through you if you're if you're leading them down the
0: wrong road. Yep. Yep. So, any big bucket list items on your retirement that you haven't done already? No, I've, uh, like you mentioned, I've got a,
1: I've got a sports car, and I also do woodworking in the basement, so I'm going to do that. We were thinking of some, you know, three-day, four-day trips around the East Coast here. We'd like to go on another cruise or two, but uh, I'm not going to go through all the pandemic stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, we'll just play it by ear. Thought you were starting a nudist colony down in uh, the Dominican? I
1: I was thinking of doing that, but uh, I I just can't. I, just
0: can't. I just I just, it's, I just it's can't. It's warm. It's warm there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> well, I, I guess
1: we could start one. Uh, I'll,
0: I'll keep an eye out if, for, if, a, yeah, for a for a good place. Yeah, if good place for yeah. uh, if I you know if you want right. to sell it off to me. Well, thanks, Dave, for being here whenever I called, and uh, happy retirement, buddy.
1: Thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure working with you and the the rest of the Urbans, and I wish you, you folks continued success.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing the podcast. You're welcome. All right, everybody. Trust the frog.